You've heard of BetaShares. You've probably seen the logo on our podcast. You might even be among their 1 million investors. So you can imagine that I'm delighted to say BetaShares is the official ETF partner of the Australian Finance Podcast. With nearly 100 exchange-traded funds, you can go to betashares.com.au and immerse yourself in ETFs and unique insights covering all of the sectors, themes, core and satellite positions you could want. Think cybersecurity through the Hack ETF, robotics and AI with the RBTZ ETF, and uranium with the URNM ETF. The list goes on. To explore the BetaShares ETF range, visit betashares.com.au, read the relevant PDS and TMD on the website, and consider if the fund is right for you. BetaShares Capital Limited is the issuer. Is there a Spotify wrapped for investing? If you want to invest in shares or ETFs, our friends at Perla are more than one step ahead of the curve. On average, people who use Perla invest $1,750 every month. That's what we want to see, proper dollar cost averaging. With automated investing tools making your life simple, Perla investors have well and truly mastered the art of investing small bits lots of times. So if you're ready to start growing your net worth in 2024, follow the link in your Spotify or Apple podcast player right now to discover how you can get started today. Welcome to the Australian Finance Podcast, a podcast for people who want to learn more about their personal finances and get the most from their money. This series is hosted by Kate Campbell from How To Money and Owen Raskovich from Rask Finance. The Australian Finance Podcast is provided for educational purposes only. The information is general in nature and does not take into account your needs, goals or objectives. What that means is the information does not apply to you specifically. So consider getting the advice of a licensed and trusted professional before acting on the information. Kate, welcome back to the Australian Finance Podcast. Thanks, Owen, and good to be back for our what, second or third episode for 2020. Second episode together for 2020. And we have some absolute gold for listeners today because you're going to share some of your secrets. Yeah, so I've been in a very reflective, I think both Owen and I have been very reflective mood for the last few episodes and um, just sort of looking back over the last few years of what we've actually learned about money and personal finance and especially doing the podcast last year did force us to revisit a lot of the basic concepts that may have changed somewhat since we started learning about personal finances and it's really good to revisit. Like I, I learned so much from putting the podcast together last year and I'm pretty sure Owen did too. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, and and, you, sorry, you've got your other podcast as well, right? Like How To Money, so you're interviewing people there. Yeah, and interviewing people, you you learn a wealth of knowledge from each person and so many different topics. So I think, yeah, running the podcast has been an amazing way to brush up on our basics of personal finance and learn a lot of things that we might not have learned uh, any other way. So uh, in this episode, I wanted to talk about five things that I've learned about money since high school. So about five years ago now, so not too many years, but I have been working full-time since then and I've done a degree online during that time. So I have uh, sort of got sort of went face first into the workforce and had to figure things out and um, maybe work some things out the hard way. And there's a few things that Maybe I wish I'd known straight out of school, but I guess there were lessons I've learned, but some of them were more expensive lessons. So if you can avoid some of those lessons, I definitely would recommend. 
yeah, I mean, if you can, you mean some people learn from their own mistakes, but it's probably easier to learn from the mistakes of others, yeah. and, uh, and as well as the the triumphs of others. So mm. I'm really keen to get stuck into these, learn some of the the five things, because distilling it down from so many things that you've learned to just five things is really valuable for listeners, because it's like this is what you can walk away from this episode with. And yeah, yeah I, I've got a few of them in front of me now. So let's just get stuck into them. Yeah. So the first one that pretty much sums up the last few years since leaving school is that no one's going to tell you about how everything works when it comes to money and most things in life. So you actually need to self-initiate when it comes to learning about your finances it's not going to be presented to you on a silver platter. It's not going to be taught to you in high school. You're not probably going to learn it in your uni course or in the workforce. Your manager probably won't know much either. So it's actually, it's something that you're going to have to decide for yourself. I want to learn about the basics of personal finances so I can take charge of my own financial future and I don't have to rely on the institutions to tell me what's right and wrong. Mm. Uh, I want to I want to be empowered. I want to know the basics. So when I do come to the table and want to get my first home loan, I can go to the bank and I know what the basic terminology they're talking about and they're not completely empower over me. I actually, I can take place part of the conversation. Mm-hmm. When when you say, so no one's going to know how, you know, how everything works um, and you have to self-initiate, what are some of the practical things that people can do to, I guess, just get the ball rolling on this? I mean, this podcast is probably a really good thing, right? Just listening to mm. this every now and again. Yeah. So I think the like for the first six months out of high school, I was working full time, getting money for the first time, like apart from pocket money growing up, we just spent that. Um, suddenly getting a paycheck and realizing I had to submit a tax return after the first six months and then going, well, I don't actually know how to do that. How do I actually submit it? How can I get someone to help me? Where do I find all this information? And it's not someone doesn't just present to you, oh, here's your nicely completed tax return. You need to go out and um, find all the documents. You need to find your receipts from the year, all the things that you you need to work out what you can claim. Um, And maybe you pay someone a lot of money and just fully abdicate responsibility, but I definitely recommend taking some of the control and learning the basics yourself. And I think just even doing your first tax return, it's an opportunity. You could fully farm out it to an expert or you could take the time to go on the ATO website because they have a lot of information, read about the kind of things you can use as um, you should keep receipts for going forward as deductions and that Mm. knowledge is going to help you throughout your life. Um, And learning about the sort of things, um, records you need to keep, and so going forwards for the next tax year, you actually keep better records. You put those um, donation receipts in a folder or you scan them and keep them in a certain place in your computer. So when it comes to tax time the following year, uh, you've, it makes it a lot easier. So that's just one example of where you um, you can use the each new challenge you face as an opportunity to educate yourself and that's a way that you can upskill your personal finances that's going to help you throughout your life. How about, um, and that's a really good one, kind of just learning by fire, I guess. Yeah. How about books or anything like that? Was there anything in particular for you that I guess gave you a better understanding of how the finance world works? Yeah, I think 
I started most people, I wasn't talking to anyone. I went on to Google and I think we do that a lot as young people and maybe older people too. Instead of asking someone, we, we go onto Google and look and there's a lot of information there. Uh, you definitely have to be discerning with where you go because not all of it's uh, in your best interest. Some of it's, um, mm-hmm. everyone's got some natural bias, whether it's a bias because they're working for a company and it's marketing related bias, or if it's just personal preference. Like I personally talk about investing in shares and ETFs a lot more than property, just because that's where my current knowledge level sits. So that's even, I'm not trying to be biased towards um, shares and ETFs. It's more just because maybe ignorance or just because I don't know as much. So that sort of stuff comes up online. So you have to be able to read widely and start to evaluate sources. And the way I started there was looking on the Money Smart website, which is the government's uh, personal finance and um, basics of everything to do with investment. So that was a great place to start because it gave me a really good foundation of all the basic, it's quite basic, but it does give you a really good overview of each area, um, of many areas of finance from home loans to Ponzi schemes to buying ETFs, so that when you actually go and look at other sources online, um, and as I um, have sort of grown in my financial knowledge over the years, I've looked um, only, I've looked at more particular sources, but using the Money Smart website, you get a really good foundation And then when you look at other places online, people give you advice, you at least know, is what they're saying kind of factual? And you can sort of common sense check it better because you know some of the basics. Mm -hmm. Cool. So I like that one. So it's like no one's going to tell you what, what, how everything works or what to do. Maybe just take it upon yourself to start learning. I would say shamelessly, uh, just listen to this podcast whenever we release an episode. But number two, Kate, what's, um, this is a good one and strikes close to home. What's your second thing that you've learned since high school? So the second thing is steering clear of get-rich-quick schemes. So they come in many, many forms. And the thing I'd like to say with that is that in finance, greed is your enemy. And it might only, you don't think you're being greedy, like, oh, I just want to, you sort of fall for a product because it's offering a really high return. And maybe you're not particularly a greedy person, but you just... Uh, get sucked into the marketing pitch of whatever the product is uh, because it's very enticing. And um, this isn't just about investing. I mean, sometimes multi-level marketing schemes are very, um, they have a great ability to suck people in. And I've seen that quite a lot. And it has, has dramatically impacted people's finances. So just being really clear about where you put your money and where you put your time and not getting sucked into something without fully understanding uh, the pros and cons, which pretty much anything in your life this advice applies to. But, um, yeah, being being discerning about where you put your money, where you put your time and not trying to get quick overnight because the biggest thing I have learned about finance is it doesn't happen overnight when it comes to building your knowledge, building your investment portfolio, saving up $1,000. It's a small bit each day, each week, each month, and it does build up and snowball over time. Yeah, great. That's a good one. And it's not just, like you said, it's not just a scheme. People seem to seem to hang on to the word scheme in that get-rich-quick scheme, yeah. but it can be like the psychology behind it too, like putting all of your money in a small cap stock or a penny, cap, mm. uh, penny stock or anything like that. So 
Okay, so that's great. So we've got, so far, let's take stock. We've got, you need to learn what you need to learn effectively because no one else is going to tell you everything. We've got get rich quick schemes. Let's avoid them. Greed is your enemy. I find that's a really good phrase. What about number three? Yeah, so my third one is it's good to start talking with your friends and family about salaries because the more you don't talk about it, the harder it is to negotiate, to know what you're worth and to ask for more. And it's it's something that can dramatically impact your finances over the long term. By not asking for a raise when you're in your 20s, you might be missing out on hundreds of thousands of dollars over the long term if you had invested that money and had more money going into your superannuation. So um, starting to talk about it, and I think it's becoming more common. It used to be something you'd never talk about. You'd never discuss your salary, but mm. you now might have, especially as graduates and just finishing uni, um, getting part-time jobs, getting full-time jobs, if they're comfortable talking or getting a ballpark figure, maybe you can say, oh, are you in within like, are you in the 50, 50K bracket or something like that? Um, so they might not want to get too specific because everyone, it is personal. That is personal finances are so personal, but um, starting to talk about and getting an idea of even what they did, maybe someone who's a few years older than you in your workplace and saying, uh, when you, if you, if they did get a pay rise last year, what steps did they take to negotiate that pay rise? So even knowing what to look for um, and how you might be able to achieve that as well and what sort of ways you can add value to your firm to go about getting your own pay rise and being able to negotiate um, as well. So when you go to a conversation about a pay rise at work, actually coming to the table and saying, this is what I'd like, this is why I'd like it, and this is what I've done to deserve it. So having a sort of building your own business case for why you should get a pay rise because it is a cost to the firm. It is something that they're going to spend more money on. So why, what, how can you justify why they're going to spend more money on you essentially? Yeah, that's the most important thing. It's the why, right? So it's not like the what. People just go in with, this is what I want, but yeah. why are they going to pay you that? And I think that's a really good point. You know, think across yeah. the table. What are they incentivized to do and why would they do that for you? Yeah. Okay, that's great. I, I love that advice. And we keep coming back to that throughout this series. It's just getting a, a pay rise can be one of the most powerful things you do because it's effectively free. And it also means that it's, you know, it's pretty much better than most investment returns you can get because it's mm. a consistent stream of income. So yeah. number four, Kate, is I think pretty motivational for people who are maybe just tuning into their finances for the first time in 2020. Yeah. So when it comes to investing, you want to start small and early and learn as you go. So people will spend years and years, make their whole careers out of trying to master investing and still they don't always get it right. And every expert and founder and CEO that I've interviewed on the podcast, their biggest tip is start early. They wish they'd start earlier. They recommend that every young person starts learning about their finances in their 20s. They start giving investing a go. They make the mistakes early. And I I think that's a really common theme that I've heard over the last few years is, wow, you're in such a good position to be learning about this in your 20s. I wish I had done that too. Mm. So you can be one of those people that gets started in their 20s, you learn about your personal finances, you start investing, you get on top of your super and you're going to make changes in your life that will flow on uh, into 
your old age, really. That'll completely change your financial future. Yeah, and I'd say it's like the we're like talking about money with your family. Uh, starting investing with small amounts of money doesn't have to be a young person thing. Absolutely mm. not. You know, you can. It's never too late to start investing. Like you hear of people who start, um, you know, down the fire movement in their forties or fifties, and they retire in ten years or retire early. Still, you know, this starting small uh, and just being consistent with saving, and then also consistent with investing in yourself and learning what you need to learn mm. is a great way to go about it. So I think. This is kind of just timeless advice and it applies to just about anyone in any situation. Yeah, and the same with knowledge as in, in investments, that knowledge compounds over the years. So just starting um, learning about the basics now, even though even if you're not in a position to invest, building that knowledge and that can be achieved for free online nowadays with podcasts and books and websites and we've provided so many resources throughout this series getting spending an hour or two each week and learning something to do about personal finance that will really upskill you for when you do um you can start investing and building your financial future yep i think you said it so well okay so this last one is i think again we've talked about compounding knowledge we've talked about starting early i think this one is I, th- I find it, again, motivational because I think if you're a young person, this one works. If you're a person that's maybe in a relationship that maybe is a little bit sour or a little bit toxic and doesn't really confront money issues head on or it's, there's not even an open dialogue with your partner, this is something that you can take away from this episode. So what is it, Kate? Yeah. So when you get your first part-time job or full-time job out after uni, after high school, Always save something, even if it's just 1% of your paycheck. So just put something aside from every paycheck, even if it's a dollar. But it will get you into the mindset of putting money away, even if it's not going to amount to much in the short term. And I think that's really important because the first six months out of high school, I just spent like crazy because it's the first time I ever had money. And then when I did my tax return, I realized I'd actually earn – six months of wages and I only had a few hundred dollars in the bank and I could not for the life of me work out where I'd spent all that money. And going back through statements, it had been spent at restaurants and go buying things online and it just disappeared into things that didn't really matter in the end because, yes, going out was fun, but when I bought things online, I couldn't even remember what I'd bought. So it's really putting something away because – you're putting money into your future when you're putting something away and you're getting into that mindset. So when you do have the opportunity to save more, maybe in the future you can save 10% Mm. uh, to put away for your um, house deposit or your retirement or whatever you're saving for, it'll just make it that easier that you're not living on that paycheck-to-paycheck mentality because you can always put something away. Yep, and I think that's so motivational. We talk about – I try and tell people who – who paid me for advice or, or done this in the past, I try to tell people, you know, sa- saving 20% of your income is ideal, you know, on top of your super because that's, for me at least, that's kind of like a happy medium. But people become really overwhelmed with that. You know, I'm thinking of a parent that has two kids at home and they're trying to run a household or even a couple that 
you know, maybe have a family to take care of or a loved one that needs some sort of care, trying to save 20% of your income is so overwhelming. Mm. And if you can get the habit early on of just saving even 1%, you know, it we say just 1%, but it's still something. It's still mm. that habit. And, and like we know that if you can repeat something enough, it does form a habit and it's a very positive habit uh, starting to save early, starting to save now effectively. Yeah, and it's that mindset of, Every time you get a paycheck, you're going to put something aside for your future. You're paying yourself, you're paying your future self and you're investing in your future self as well by putting that money aside. And I think the very, the most important part of that is that that money from your very first part-time or full-time job that you put aside is going to be your emergency fund. And that's going to be your get out of jail card. If something bad happens, if you need to take an emergency flight to see a family member, if you need to leave a relationship, you've got some money aside that you can use without worrying about it, without going into debt to get yourself out of that situation and then get back on your feet. So you always want to have a bit of money aside. Maybe it's $500 that's just yours. It's in your bank account. No one else can touch it. And that you know is always there if you need to get yourself out of a situation. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. Always have an emergency cash buffer. It's just, it's the cheapest insurance you can find because it earns interest for you rather than you have to pay it away every year. Okay, Kate, I, I really like these five action points. So let's go over them. Just quickly recap. We've got, no one's going to tell you everything. So you got to self-initiate. Mm-hmm. Number two was you need to steer clear of get rich quick schemes because and, and remember too, that greed is your enemy. And I think that applies more than just to the schemes. It's just in general nature. The third one, sorry, was talking about salaries with family and friends can be a good thing. And that's usually room to negotiate. You know, if you start to talk about these, you have these conversations with people, you can think about creative ways to earn more money. Number four was when it comes to investing, start small and early and learn as you go. As we know, compounding of knowledge can be more powerful than straight up compounding of, of dollars. And finally, number five, you had when you get your first paycheck, whether you're working part-time, casually, full-time, whatever, just put something away, even if it's 1%. Again, sage advice, Kate. And I think a lot of people listening to this episode would be like, did Kate learn all of this in such a short period of time? (laughs) I think it's it's really profound. Yeah. Five years of um, trying to make it work. And I've I mean, I've spent an obscene amount of time trying to learn about personal finance. Uh, I've learned about it like it's a hobby. Um, luckily now I've got a few new hobbies, but, um, (laughs) yeah, at the, at the time I was devouring books and podcasts and all sorts of things to learn as much as possible. And now I've kind of got to that stage where I can just keep on top of my knowledge and just, um, spend an hour a week learning some new things, but it's not something I have to read a lot of books and podcasts on to learn about now because I've got the foundations there. I can common sense what people say to me. If someone shows me a deal that's too good to be true, I can sort of look at it and go, yeah, maybe not for me. Mm-hmm. So I think that's that's why it's important to just get some of the fundamentals um, and make make mistakes but make them when you're younger because um, if you make – sometimes when you make mistakes when you're in your 50s, they can really affect your retirement. And like I've, I heard about a person the other day who uh, in their 50s changed something about their finances and it really impacted the fact that they had to wait another five years to retire because it was the wrong decision. So, um, yeah, make the mistakes and learn when you're in your 20s and 30s because 
it'll mm-hmm. put you in a much better position for when you're older. Absolutely. Um, just start as well, right? Just keep yeah. learning. You've just gone into it head on, both feet. You've just jumped straight into it. But some people, I guess, maybe tiptoe through it or just learn a little bit each day, and that's great too. Um, not everyone, you know, was in, in the industry like you were, but I think there's some great takeaways from this. We'll put all these takeaways in the show notes. So if you do need to come back to them and and really apply them to your own situation, please do. There's some great some great tips here. Kate, before we let everyone go, we've got to remind them that we are doing something special at the end of this month, January 2020. Yes. So we've got our Kickstart Your 2020 Financial Goal event uh, at Melbourne General Assembly, which is in the CBD. So on the 29th of January at 6 p.m., we'd love to see you there networking, some presentations, uh, come and tell us, yes, Owen, uh, come and tell us what you've learned at money, about money since high school. I'd love to hear what you've taken away um, and the things you've learned because we all learn different things and learning from other people's uh, triumphs and mistakes is a great way to sort of encourage yourself and avoid making possibly costly mistakes of of your own. Yep, absolutely. Networking is a great way to do it. Um, to learn about this, this I, I guess this journey through investing, to investing, through finances and all that type of th- stuff, having a money buddy or whatever you want to call it is a, is a great thing. Um, there will be wine, there will be beer. It is a free event. It's in Melbourne. Uh, we, we are going to try and subject to any technical gremlins getting in the mix, but we're going to try to stream this live so stream it live onto onto youtube so i know i know it's going to be a big thing (laughs) but if you're if you're in melbourne just come along it's free and you'll get to meet us and and hopefully 100 plus other people who are in the room talking about their finances so yeah it's going to be a great thing 29th of january in melbourne be there be square uh and we'll put a link to put a link to register yourself Mm -hmm. in the show notes as well so you can uh, get on that today Yep, absolutely, absolutely. Kate, uh, how can people find you online? You can find me at howtomoney.online or Twitter and Instagram at howtomoneyaus. Great, and you can find me um, at Owen Rask on Twitter and at Owen Rask AU on Insta. Uh, you can find our website and some show notes, rask.com.au. Uh, Kate, you've also got another great podcast. We don't normally plug this. I'm going to do it. Kate's podcast, How To Money, well worth a listen. Um subscribe to that just like you subscribe to this cool kate thanks for joining me thanks thanks for listening guys are you thinking about starting your wealth creating journey but not sure where to put your hard-earned dollars invest smart can help invest smart offers a free quiz that makes it easy to find the right InvestSmart ETF portfolio to help you reach your goals. Just visit investsmart.com.au and hit get started. Answer a few simple questions about your goals and how much you want to invest and you'll get a tailored statement of advice with a portfolio recommendation. You can visit investsmart.com.au for a no obligations free statement of advice. This ad is brought to you by InvestSmart Advice AFSL 334107. For more than a decade, I've been hunting for the best investors and their methods, strategies, and tools for investing. After years in the industry, countless books, a few degrees, and 1,000 podcasts and live shows, I've rolled this accumulated knowledge into something called Rask Invest. If you've ever heard me talk about a core and a satellite, 
active and passive, true long-term compounding, or you simply want to know exactly how I would invest, now is your chance. Rask Invest is our new investment service, designed for all types of investors who want professional management of their core portfolio at a low cost from a team they trust. Rask Invest helps you automate your wealth creation and passive income. Simply click the link that says Invest with Owen in your podcast player to join one of our live platform walkthroughs or book a call with us. You can also view the Rask Invest PDS and TMD and get invested with me.